You're listening to Let's Talk About Fatherlessness with host Sean Tice, where we talk about leading fatherless families to the Heavenly Father. Hey, welcome back. My name is Sean Tice. I am the host of the Let's Talk About Fatherlessness show, and I'm excited to have my friend John Finch with us today. What's up, brother? John, will you tell us something about your ministry? Just give us some background. We're talking about fatherlessness. Um, that's our passion. That's what we do. And I know that's what you focus on. So tell us more about yourself. Tell us your story. And then also tell us something about your ministry. Yes. Yeah, so my ministry and story really began uh, about 13 years ago now when I came to find forgiveness for my dad. It was a life-changing uh, thing for me, the experience of forgiving my father. I went for about 30 years as just an angry dude. Uh, my dad committed suicide when I was 11 wow. and I literally was 41 when I came to that, that part of really God taking me to my knees. Uh, because I, I, I began to understand that my behavior and a lot of things I was struggling with, uh, up until I was 41 was a result of this betrayal and abandonment this wound that I had from my father. So um, God just, oh, as he always does, right? He just uh, did a transformation in me. It was literally in a in a counseling session where I was talking with this counselor and just God impressed upon me. You know, he said, or, or I didn't hear the words audibly, but just I felt him say, how can you be so bitter, resentful, and angry towards a man who didn't know how to be a father? Mm -hmm. And for me, it was the critical point because I didn't know everything about my father, the way he grew up, the incredible rough life that he grew up in, and just really the odds were stacked against him, right? And, and ultimately, it came down to this, simply. The forgiveness piece was, how could I blame a guy who couldn't give what he didn't have right yeah. he was a man as i began to hear more and more of his story and this was part of that journey up to that that day in the counseling session i had started to ask my mom all these questions i started to talk to my uncle my all these people that knew my father i started asking more and more questions and as that went along God began to piece this story together of just a broken man, just like me, right? A wounded, broken man like myself. And, and really, that's what led me to forgive him. And, and when I did, I remember walking out of the counselor's office. The sky was bluer. The grass was greener. It was crazy, right? It was like the scales had been lifted from my eyes. And, wow. and that started this journey that I've been on for the last 13 years. And it's it's been such an incredible ride. Yeah, you know, I tell people, I'm just lucky to be on the bus God's driving. Exactly. That's so good. And and tell us more about your your dad. Did he he grow up fatherless himself? Is what was his tell us his story? What how did he I know my dad grew up fatherless and then he he cre he continued the cycle and made me fatherless, and that happens a lot. It's a domino effect. Does the same thing happen with your dad? Or absolutely, yeah. The the more I heard about him, you know, he grew up. His mom was married five times, uh, never had a stable father figure, and he literally at the age of sixteen years old, the ripe young age of sixteen years old, his mom dropped him off in the middle of New Orleans and just said, "Hey, have a good life," and she left to go. Uh, her husband at that time was a truck driver and they just left him. Um, 
So, yeah, it was a pretty insane story. The more and more I started to to understand and know. And, you know, he was he was lucky to make it to the age that he did. Um, yeah. And so for me, it was. It, yeah, it, it's you know, it's interesting, Sean, because the guys and, and girls, I have three daughters, so I, I see what goes on in that world, too. But the guys and girls that grow up with a father walk in a confidence that those of us who didn't grow up with a father don't have. Yes. Right. There's there's an incredible confidence that comes along with getting what every boy and girl deserves as a rite of passage growing up. That The words, I love you. I believe in you. I'm proud of you. I'm here for you. All of those things that every father should be giving their child. When you don't have those, you're just lost. You you yeah. don't know where to go. You don't know where to turn. You don't have the answers for a lot of these questions that that we all have, right? In that in the stages of of how we grow up. So it's it's been interesting. I, I've dealt with the lack of confidence. You know, I was always kind of a shy kid, um, but I was always kind of the biggest guy, biggest boy in the room growing up. But I was pretty shy. And a lot of that uh, came from the fact that I didn't have this confidence that so many other young boys did because uh, I grew up without a father. And you, and you crave that. And you don't even know you're craving it, but you crave that confidence, you crave that affection. I mean, there's so many things you crave whenever you don't have that that dad in your life. Now, it was going back a little further, was his mom, um, did she grow up in a rough home too or – she was a rough lady in general, yeah. <laughs> to put it nicely. She was uh, she was interesting. Uh, again, yeah. to be nice, she didn't um, come to my mom and dad's wedding. Uh, she was pretty mean to us as kids, as her grandkids, uh, that type yeah. of thing. I don't know honestly a lot about her parents. Okay, I just know that she was a pretty she, she was a wounded lady there's no doubt about yeah. it because she was very angry right there, there was an anger there that that came from somewhere and so you're and what we call with our ministry we call it a cycle breaker you're you're breaking the cycle and you're you, you you've you're doing that and i, I kind of want to unpack like a few things you said first i want to touch on the the issue of um, suicide and and helping kids with that issue and some of the experience you have with that um would you go ahead and just talk about that for a, a few minutes just to if you're talking to, first of all, if you're talking to a fatherless kid that has lost his dad to suicide or his dad passed away, what would you say? You know, you have a father, a heavenly father. It took me many years to understand it, that loves you and is proud of you and believes in you more than you can ever imagine, right? And and there's other men in your life that can become that father figure to you. Uh, as men, we're, we're we can sometimes not understand or be as observant as we should be. Mm. And so really in, in a lot of cases, it could be simply of, of walking up to a man that, you know, maybe it's church or a friend or a coach and just asking him to mentor you. Right. I mean, there's so many men out there that we just, we get so caught up in the chaos and business of life. We're not paying attention to the kid next door who has a single mom and who needs you know, once a month, right? Some time to hang out, yeah. to go to lunch, eat ice cream, whatever. But from a suicide standpoint, I'll tell you, I've struggled with depression myself um, pretty severely uh, early on. And what I've realized and, and come to know, and I've been to some pretty deep and dark places in the in the journey. Um, but, you know, 
for me, I could never leave my kids. I could never do to my kids what my dad did to me. And, mm-hmm. and that that betrayal and that abandonment, because that's what it was for me. I couldn't understand how could a dad leave his kids, right? And I blamed my dad. I was angry at my dad. I was angry at God because I thought God allowed that to happen and made it happen. And, you know, so I was just totally confused. And, and you know, in the end, it was just understanding and realizing my dad had some stuff that he was dealing with a lot of different things, mental illness. And back in those days, you, it was nothing like what you talk about it now, right? You just, you did not talk about it. You didn't go to see a counselor, all those things that the big lie is if we, we go see counselors and do all these things, somehow we're weak or less of a man. That's the biggest lie there is. Right. And so it's now, man, go get counseling, go talk to somebody. I, you know, for me, I encourage, um, Moms and dads, when they have kids that are struggling, man, go get them in counseling. Let them talk to somebody besides you. Because for me, growing up with just a single mom, and I have a heart for single moms, is I didn't want to go talk to my mom about all this because she had enough on her plate, right? So because I didn't reach out to anybody or go talk to anybody, all this was just boiling up in me. And the healthy way to to deal with it would have been to to find somebody to, to talk to. What would you say to that single mom? You know, she, like I, I've spoken, in, you know, over 200 churches and I get single moms to come up to me and they say, and we, we also start single mom ministries across the country. And some of them come to, they say things about their kids. And, and what would you say to a single mom that walked up to you and said, Hey, my husband committed suicide. And how do I help my kid? What would you say to her? Yeah. So, you know, in the movie we made, John Eldridge does a great piece on this. He says, well, first of all, you don't have to be dad, right? You can't be dad. It can't happen. You are not a man. You cannot be a father. And I know a lot of single moms get upset when I, when I say that, and I have single moms reach out to me too. Right. But it's the reality. It's like me. If, you know, for some reason I lost my wife, I cannot be a mom to my kids. It's impossible. Right. But there are men out there in your church, people that you know, that if all you have to do is say, hey, can you come spend once a month, once a week, whatever that looks like for you with my daughter, with my son, just take him out to lunch or let me cook dinner, but let you guys hang out. There's people out there, right? The pastors, people within your church and people that you know that if you ask, I think you'll be surprised or more than willing to maybe at least once a month come do that and be that role model. Because here's the reality. If they don't have that role model, that godly man for a role model, they're going to buy into everything the world says that they need to be as a man or that they need to marry as as a young lady, right? And that's the lies I bought into. I thought it was all about success, money, power, all that mess, all the lies. Once I realized it wasn't, it it was too late. I wished I would have realized it a lot earlier in my life. And I had coaches and various guys in and out of my life, but not really that that stable guy that was there, you know, really being that role model along the way. Yeah. And then you also earlier you talked about counseling. Um, you know, that's and that's something that's it's it used to be looked kind of looked at like, oh, you're going to counseling. That's, you know, but nowadays everybody's, a lot of people are doing that. Um, speak about that, how that, you, you said that really helped you um, and, and encourage the fatherless individual, even a fatherless adult or a single mom about how it helped you and how it can help them. I'm a huge advocate of Christian counseling. Um, 
huge advocate. I believe Dr. Tom was the guy um, in my life, and we talk about him in the movie. He was the guy that that encouraged me, loved me, yet pushed me and called me out on my bluff. Right? He, he called yeah. me out when he knew I was I wasn't telling the truth. And I believe God puts people in our lives. He was my guide. He was my my Aaron to Moses. Right. He was the guy that was really encouraging me, helping me walk along this journey. And I believe if it wasn't for him, I don't know that I'd be where I'm at today. So I think all of us, and, and I would go back to counseling and we'll go back to counseling in a heartbeat if I'm ever struggling again with my marriage, with anything that I'm dealing with, because I think it, it, it gives us somebody that we can build trust with and somebody that knows a professional, right? They know how this works. Uh, and so at the at the very least, it's gathering a group of people. If you're a man, it's a group of men who become your band of brothers where you're able to kind of talk through and walk through some of this stuff. And, and, and just in that, that scenario, I think you'll be blown away at the other guys that you have as friends that you have no idea also grew up fatherless, right? And, and have some of the same struggles you do. But from a counseling perspective, man, I can't say enough about it. And, and it's so important for younger men and women um, to be able to walk again through some of these things that they feel they may not want to put on mom or dad or yeah. a single mom. They need to be able to process some of this because it's going to come out. This this anger, this stuff, this resentment, the bitterness, all that from not having a dad around, it's going to come out, whether it's a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, whenever, it, it's going to come out if you're not dealing with it in a healthy way. Yeah. How did you find your counselor? I know like Focus of the Family has a database for counselors, um, the AACC, American Association of Christian Counselors. I'm, I'm not sure. They, do they have a database on their website? And They probably do. Um, they, but where did you find a, yours? Yeah, AACC, I know those guys quite well. They have a link or some kind of uh, tool, I think, on their site. I'm not sure if it's free or if it costs anything. Uh, I literally just started asking around. For me, that was the biggest thing. It's referrals, right? It's somebody that's actually gone and dealt with this guy before, this girl before, this lady, uh, and had, you know, there's nothing like word of mouth and, and people that have actually done it. To know just how good they are. So, uh, yeah, this guy was Catholic. I didn't hold that against him. Um, <laughs> I, I grew up Baptist. I'm just playing. No, I'm just playing. He was. I mean, he. I'm telling you, for me, uh, I had him. I went and interviewed him, and we put him in the film uh, because he's so good at what he does, and and he became such a big piece of my life. Hmm. Now tell us about the film. Tell us about your ministry. Um, you know, it, you, you and I've, I believe we've talked before, but you know, over the phone, but just for our audience, tell, tell them about, you know, what you do, um, how you got into what you do. Yeah. So us, you know, we're just trying to help dads be, be the best dads they can be and, and, and be the dads that God created them to be. And part of that is, is a lot of what you do too. It's, it's helping men and women, find forgiveness for their fathers. There, there's so many um, wounded people out there, right? In the movie, we talk about nine out of 10 people are, have a father wound. And Eldridge, John Eldridge, who we interviewed for the film, will argue with that. And he'll say, no, it's 10 out of 10. You know, we're all imperfect as fathers and we're going to wound our kids. I wounded my kids, right? And so it's it's helping men understand they're not alone because most of them think they are. 
and it's helping both men and women find healing for their fathers and and the wounds that that come as a result. So for us, we we released a movie. Uh, oh man, it's probably been five or six years ago. Um, we've got a deal with EWTN, the Global Catholic TV Network. They show it a few times a year. It's free on YouTube now. We released it a couple of years ago. Um, and then we got a book called The Father Effect that gives an, a, a greater detail of kind of my story. My, the backstory is my dad kind of got involved with the mafia. And there's a whole deeper story of, yeah. of what went on there. We we were put in a witness protection program and all of those type of things. So, um, you know, it, it, again, uh, the, what we try to do is help guys um, and, and women find that forgiveness for their father wounds and and lead a life that's that's you know worthy of what god created us all to be right yeah you've you've uh at least one book or a couple books you've you have one book you've written just one yeah I, one I, book I, okay. know, is that the story from the movie or it it's a deeper story it, yeah, yeah the, the movie the 60 minute movie there's only so much you can put in a movie yeah. <laughs> so the book goes into much greater detail as far as uh um uh, the story all altogether that's the same name, the father effect. Yeah. And I, I have a copy, I have a copy upstairs. So, <laughs> but yeah. And I just, just to get back to the issue of fatherlessness. Um, now you, how, you were, you're a dad and you talked about being a dad to girls. You have a son too, or just no, daughters. just three girls. How, how's that, how's it affected you as a dad um, with the issue of fatherlessness growing up? Cause you said your dad didn't know how to be a dad. And how did that, how did you learn how to be a dad then? You know, I've had to rely on a bunch of other guys. <laughs> yeah. I've gotten a lot of insights from other men. And uh, it's for me, it's, you know, now there's so many more resources than we had 10, 15, 20 years ago from podcast to YouTube to all these different things that weren't as weren't even available or weren't, you know, as a big deal back then. And so for me, it's been talking and, and building relationships with other men Uh sharing my own struggles and issues and trials, right? Um, that's That's been a big piece of it. it. And a lot of it too, my girls know my story. Uh, they know very well, you know, the things that I've been through and the things that I've suffered from and and continue to deal with and struggle with, right? So me sharing some of those real issues couple, does a couple of different things. It, it shows them that I'm human, that I'm more than just dad. And I think and I believe that because I'm sharing some of my stuff with them, the real, honest, authentic issues, it also allows them to to come to me with some of the stuff they're struggling with. So, um, yeah, it's man, it's been an amazing ride and God continues to just do some really cool things. And so you're really just saying, like, just be vulnerable and not just trying to act like you have it all together. I mean, yeah, because, that's, hey, yeah. none of us do. Yeah, <laughs> you know, despite yeah. what social media shows you, uh, we're all jacked up. We're all flawed. We're all wounded. So let's just figure out a way to come together as as a group and say, okay, let's figure this thing out together. I mean, there's there's power in numbers, right? If men will get to the point in their lives where they understand that and stop pretending, because this was me for thirty years. I was a great. That was the great pretender. I was this fraud. Who just pretended like he had everything together and behind closed doors, I was a nightmare. It was an absolute nightmare. And so once I once I started sharing my own story, it is amazing in a group of men 
and the biggest, baddest dudes on the planet. When you start talking about fathers, the power of the of just that impact, the power of story, right? And and admitting your own stuff in a group of men, it all of a sudden breaks these walls down that men usually have up. And so many of them are like, oh wow, I had no idea. Me too, right? I, I thought I was the only one struggling and I was all alone. Mm-hmm. Guys need to know that there's other guys out there that are struggling. It doesn't matter if it's porn, addiction, whatever. We all need each other, right? And I believe in the group and the community of men, God can do some amazing things. But we've got to get to that point and be willing to admit it. Now, you you specialize in fatherlessness. I mean, obviously, uh, what are some trends, some things you've seen uh, with your ministry? You know, we share statistics. What are some things that have really jumped out to you about even the trajectory of like, the United States of America and um, how fatherlessness is impacting our society? I mean, we believe it's the number one social issue in our country. But what are some thoughts on that, things that you've seen? You know, so we have a prison ministry. Uh, and within the prisons and addiction centers, I truly believe that if, if fatherlessness was fatherlessness was eradicated, you wouldn't have prisons or addiction centers. The main issue in both, and I've I've dealt pretty deeply um, in both spaces, and it's crazy that the the result of most addictions and the result of most incarcerations are fatherlessness. Um, the anger that comes from that, and and the guys in the, in prison are are acting out right. They're essentially crying out, and usually committing some type of crimes because of the father wound, if you will. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very encouraged by the younger generation. Uh, I think there are a lot of the, uh, the younger generation are becoming more and more involved fathers and uh, being more engaged with their kids because either they, they're finally starting to kind of get it or understand the, the, the cycle of their father or their grandfather, whatever it may be. So I'm encouraged. I think they're a lot less judgmental than a lot of the older generation and uh, a lot more supportive uh, of other people. So I'm encouraged. I think I think this thing could eventually turn around. I just don't know how long. Hopefully it's going to be sooner than later. Yeah. I mean, because it's, it's, it's affecting all of us. That's what I teach when I go to churches. I'm like, it, it's affecting every single person in the United States of America, whether or not they want to believe it. I mean, it's crime in your communities. You know, it's even with high school dropouts and education and all that stuff. Uh, there are statistics that show that Kids don't have a dad. They, they struggle um, in school. And then when they don't do good in school, if they don't get a good job, they're going to rely on your tax dollars. So we, we just say, like, in one way or another, it's affecting you. It's affecting your nation. Uh, any thoughts on that? Well, you know what? I appreciate what you're doing. Uh, I, I've, I've been this guy that for 13 years now, since we started the ministry, I've just always wondered, like, why is there not somebody with a incredibly high profile platform? that has stepped up and said, we got to fix this thing. Let's, let's sit back and look. And you said it, let's look at all of our social issues. The majority of our social issues are a result of fatherlessness. So if we fix that, there's a pretty good chance that a lot of our social issues are going to go away. Right. And even from a financial standpoint, you think politicians would get this and understand like we could save, but maybe it's trillions of dollars, right. A year, because of all these social programs, if we got rid of fatherlessness. But 
I don't get it. It's that's the one frustrating thing in this space, and and I've struggled with it for many years. Is just trying to understand why nobody doesn't see this, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think a lot of it has to do with um, they know that. And I think it goes back. I forget the president <laughs> had this conversation on another um, episode, but you know, it goes back where they try to keep their thumb on these families and they try to get them to control the vote and. And it's really sad that that's what what happens. But um, our job as Christians is to help bring them out of that, help help them see a new light, and help them to to guide them on voting according to the Bible, voting according to Christian principles. And and so I I, I love how you've in in our conversation you've been kind of just intertwining mentoring and being involved with mentors and or being a mentor. Um, what would you say to churches that are thinking about getting involved in, in fatherless ministry or father helping dads? What would you say to a church that's thinking about doing that? Well, here's what I've always believed. And this is, another, I'll be honest with you, another frustrating piece for me is it's simply this. If you build and have healthy and strong men, you're going to build and have healthy and strong families, which is going to result in building and having healthy and strong churches. Yeah. Churches where the root of your whole thing starts is with men. You had a group of healthy, engaged, involved fathers. You talk about revival. You talk about changing a community, uh, changing maybe even a nation. That's where it starts. The men are the ones you've got to start with. You get those guys healthy and strong, man, your church will do more than you ever fathom it could do. That's great. Yeah. So it's just promoting men's ministry, getting them plugged into the church. I just had a conversation with TJ Greeny and he was saying that, um, you know, they from Kins Outdoor Zone. And he said that, you know, you just the men, they their job is basically just to check I forget how he said it, but check the parking lot and pass the plate. But they're not really engaged. And so getting men more engaged than just um, the mediocre jobs of the church. You know, we still need people to do that to check, you know, make sure the parking lot's safe and and the, you know do the offering. But there's ways they can get more involved. And when you invest in a kid's life, you know, even as a um, you know get involved in father ministry or get involved in a man ministry, but then also give back. And when you invest in a kid's life, when you invest and in, you become a mentor, um, you pour into somebody else and help them change their life. Um, it, it's an amazing feeling. It's not like, and it's it's like one of those times where you go somewhere and you don't feel like it, but then you come home and you're like, man, they really encouraged me. Sometimes it doesn't feel like that. Sometimes it's very draining. Fatherless ministry is very draining sometimes. But sometimes you're just like, man, I can't believe I get to do this, right? Well, and I'll tell you what, TJ is one of the best. He's been around a long time and I've known TJ for a long time and Dude, he's solid and doing some amazing work. His ministry is one of the best uh, out there as far as working with kids. There's no doubt about it. So yeah, I, it's if if we can uh, get men more engaged in church, right? And, and and again, I'm not putting this all on the church. A lot of it is guys, yeah. Right? Men's ministry just struggles because guys don't want to go do stuff. You you have a women's ministry deal, and they will show up in droves, <laughs> right? <laughs> Yes. But men, it's it's just an interesting dynamic, uh, you know. And even churches, Sean. I'll be honest with you. We interviewed a guy named Gordon Dalby for the movie, and he wrote a book uh, called "Healing the Masculine Soul." Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been around. He he really is one of the first ones that started this kind of men's movement, when uh, faith based men's movement, and particularly as it relates to the father wound and several other things. And 
And he told me early on, I was a young guy. I mean, I was younger and ministry had just started pretty naive. And he said, John, the biggest thing you're going to run into when it comes to talking about the father wound and getting real about the stuff that all of us guys struggle with is most pastors have their own wounds, have their own Mm -hmm. stuff. A lot of them, it's the reason why they got into ministry. Right. So what happens is if you say, hey, let's let's have somebody come in and talk about the father wound or whatever versus anything else, they're going to pick anything else every time because pastors don't want to get real, don't want to get emotional, all of these things in front of their churches. So that's another honestly, you know, it's the pride of the pastor is also why what what stops a lot of this stuff, the growth and these men getting involved um, you know, it's it's really what stops it. You get a pastor that's real about his stuff, that talks about his relationship with his father, his dysfunction, whatever it may be. Man, you're gonna have guys that are gonna be drawn to him and go, Yeah, I like this guy. He's he's no no junk. He's you know, he doesn't kind of beat around the bush, he gets real, he's authentic, and he talks about his own struggles. Those are the churches that you typically are growing like crazy because it's the guy that's just being authentic and transparent. Yeah, so authenticity is it's very important in this kind of ministry. Um, we have to wrap up here in a few minutes, but any other thoughts on fodlessness, uh, issues you've seen, trends, anything else that you thought, maybe, maybe I should share that or anything at all? You know, I would just encourage, um, obviously, both men and women, and coming off of a pandemic, what we're 2023, my word of encouragement, you know, and most of the people I talk to, it's it's crazy. Most think they're all alone and they're mm-hmm. the only ones struggling with whatever it is, right? Yeah. And my encouragement, especially for the men out there listening, is man, just you're you're not alone, first of all, and you're not the only one. Uh, when you start engaging with other men, being real, being transparent with other men, God can do some amazing things through those other men in your life. And you can help some of those other men out too. Uh, you know, for the women out there, they're so much better at sharing and having these conversations, right? So it's the single moms that don't be afraid to find the guy in church that, that seems like he has it all together. That, that seems like, you know, you've heard good things and seems to be a great dad, et cetera, et cetera. Don't hesitate to just pull him aside one Sunday and say, hey, will you come spend once a month? Come take my daughter or my son to lunch or to grab ice cream. I'll pay for it, whatever. Right. Or I'll cook dinner, like I said, and you guys just hang out. I just desperately need somebody there to be that godly role model. And uh, I'd love for you to do that if you're willing. And I think they'll be blown away at the number of guys or that guy that says, yeah, absolutely. I'll do that. Yeah. And, and I've had moms tell me, I've asked the pastor, I've asked, you know, you get random people come up to us. I've asked the pastor, I've asked this guy in the church and he said, no, or I've been told about stories like that. And the thing is, don't give up, you know, don't give up. Just keep, keep asking, go you know, find somebody else. If that guy won't do it, maybe he's got some issues in his life that you don't know about. And he's working through that. And he's not, he's not in a position to invest in somebody else. Um, you don't want that guy around your kid anyways. <laughs> you know what I mean? So don't force yeah. it. Um, yeah. I completely agree with you on that. You don't want to force somebody to try to be a mentor. Yeah. Right? And I think you mentioned cause reach out to cause there's other organizations out there. There used to be one called the mentoring project that uh, John yeah, Sowers cool. and Donald Miller did. I'm not sure yeah. for sure if it's still around, but yeah, I think also it's it, is it also it's, it's the counseling, get your child 
in to see a counselor. There's a lot of churches out there now that are offering free counseling. You don't even have to go to the church. We have an old church that I refer to people all the time. And the digital piece is, I mean, it's massive um, on, on what they're doing digitally now. So get your get your child to talk to somebody besides you because they need that somebody to, to start processing things that's not mom or dad. And as you watch this right now, if you're listening and you are from a fatherless family or you're working with somebody who's fatherless, there's two guys right here. Um, John and I, we we both grew up fatherless. You know, John's dad passed away, died whenever he was he was John was eleven. My dad walked out when I was 10 months old. And you know, a lot of times when you look at this fatherless issue, and not, I'm not bragging on us, we're we are very imperfect people, but a lot of times when you look at this issue, you think we and we all think this, it's hopeless. But it's not. It's not hopeless. And and John, you've given so many things and examples of how mentoring really just matters. And and really the 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 core of it really matters is God, having God as our heavenly father. Um, as we wrap up, John, would you just talk about God as the heavenly father and how what he means to you? Yeah, for me, you know, it's it's so transformational in in what God did in my life. I'll give you a quick story. My wife, I asked her after I'd started this journey and God was just totally radically changing my life because I found forgiveness from my father. Uh, I asked her one time, I said, honey, do you have any regrets? And she said, you know, the only regret I have is the John Finch I know today was not the John Finch I knew for the first 14 years of our marriage. And it was bittersweet, right? But it was also kind of cool because she knew she saw the transformation of me and what God was doing in me. And I think so many of the times if God wants to do so much in each and every one of us. He longs for this relationship with us, this daily relationship with us. And it's pretty simple. Most of us just don't do it or are open to it, but it simply comes down to just let him, right? Be in mm-hmm. tune with him and try to spend, do the best you can. I mess up and and continue today. And I, there's days I don't do my quiet time. There's days I get caught up in the chaos. But man, when you lean into God, when you're doing your best in one way or the other, doing consistently praying for me and worship music is big for me too, right? I'm, I'm a music guy. Uh, it's it's amazing what God can do in, in your life and what he can show you, even about your children, right? That you had no idea or didn't realize and about yourself, even more importantly, so that because it's it's about you being healthy that then allows you to be a great mom or dad to your kiddo. That's so true. And if, if you're listening to this and you've never trusted in Jesus as your savior, uh, we'd love to just show you how. You can go to godismydad.com. Um, you can find the section on there where you know, God wants to be your dad. And it walks you through on how God will be your heavenly father. Um, just check that out. We'd love to, to explain that more to you. Contact us as a ministry. You can contact us at lifefactors.org or godismydad.com. But that is the most important thing you can ever do in this issue of fatherlessness is knowing for sure that God is your heavenly father through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And, and it's, it's changed my life. Um, you know, and, and God's changed John's life. And I, I just want to encourage you to do that. And then if, if you have experienced that, go and do it for somebody else. Go and, and, and tell other people about, about Jesus and how God will fill that gap for them. There's this fatherless generation out there that just needs to know that God loves them and that God sent Jesus down the cross for them. And they can have hope of eternity, but they can also have hope on this earth. And they don't have, a, have to live a life of, of searching, of trying to figure out what's this all about and trying all these different methods and all these different addictions. I know my my dad, 
he, he searched in life and he got saved when he was young. He trusted in Jesus as a savior when he was young, but then he ran from God and tried to search for happiness in other places uh, through drugs and alcohol addiction. Even he was heavily involved in the adult film industry in Las Vegas and none of that stuff ever brought him happiness. And, and even with your dad, John, none of, the, none of the things that he pursued brought him happiness. The only happiness we can find is through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. John, we have to wrap up. We have less than a minute left, but just anything else you want to say, how to contact you or anything like that? Yeah, you know, I, I think, first of all, please don't let, for those listening, don't let your earthly father uh, ruin your view of who God the Father is, right? Um, it's it's important that you understand that we serve a forgiving, loving, grace-giving, trustworthy father. And don't let your earthly father ruin that image of who he really is and, and get to know who he really is, right, if, if you don't. Um, but for me... It's, you know, easy reach out, love communicating and talking with people, do it all the time. To learn more about how you can get involved in Fatherless Family Ministry, visit lifefactors.org where you can find some free resources. You can find our books that we have. You can find some, even the program that we have to help you start a single mom ministry within your ministry or within your church. We can all work together to lead fatherless families to the Heavenly Father.